0: Hello and welcome to The Lowdown, an insider's look at stories touching our lives here on Cape Cod and beyond. My name is Ira Wood and you're listening to us live today on WOMR 92.1 FM Provincetown, WFMR 91.3 FM Orleans and streaming worldwide on WOMR.org I'm not sure there's anyone listening who's unaware of the housing crisis on Cape Cod. The fact that In today's uh, Cape Cod Times, it said that the median single-family home price in Barnstable County is edging up to a million dollars, that middle-income families can't buy a home, and that half the people who work on Cape actually commute from off Cape. One way to increase our housing stock is to build an accessory dwelling unit, a small rental unit built within, attached to, or beside your house. For many years, they've been prohibited by our zoning bylaws, but are now legal in many Cape Cod towns. Yet the more feasible the possibility of building an accessory dwelling unit has become, the more questions people have, and today... We're going to start you on the road to answering them. My guest is Talitha Abramson, the Housing Resources Program Manager at the Community Development Partnership in East Ham. She works with the Lower Cape Housing and ADU Resource Center, a joint initiative between the Community Development Partnership and the Homeless Prevention Council. And we did a show on this uh, about a year and a half ago. It is sponsored by State Representative Sarah Peake and who was able to uh, arrange the money by um, accessing the American Rescue Plan Act. Talitha Abramson, thank you so much for talking with us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Ira.
0: So I just want to get straight, what is an ADU? Everybody's property is different. What are the various forms that you might consider?
1: So ADU stands for, like you said, accessory dwelling unit. It's a secondary dwelling unit on the property, and it can be within the primary dwelling, the main house, um, in an attic or a basement. Um, It can be added on to a primary dwelling, such as a connected in-law apartment. It can be a new build that's detached. You could have a small cottage that you build or have a modular unit somewhere else on your property. It could be Um, As part of an existing detached, a lot of people will take a garage and either renovate the first floor the entire garage, or they will renovate the second floor and have the garage on the bottom. So there's a lot of different options.
0: Who would you consider to be a good candidate for actually trying to build an ADU?
1: I, I think there's a lot of people. I think that some of the people that have called into our resource center have A person in mind. So it's either a uh, older adult who may be a parent um, of a adult child who wants to stay on Cape and can't find housing. Um, It might be a elder who wants to age in place and they want to have um, both income coming in from a rental and or a space for say, a paid care attendant to live on the property or somebody to look after the property if they aren't able to. Um, I've also had employers who are desperate to keep their staff on CAPE, and so they have looked to see if they could build one on their property. Um, Some people, out of the goodness of their heart, make you still know that the common good is something that people um, live their lives by and want to just build it, not having anyone in mind, but wanting to be a part of the solution And those those are really inspiring stories. So there's a range of people.
0: It, let, just to get something straight, if you no longer need <coughs> the very, very large part of your house, can you as the owner move into the ADU and then rent out the big house?
1: Each each town right now is, is different in their bylaws. Um, some towns, and there's some owner occupancy uh, regulations that are different from town to town. And so partly what my job is is to... stay on top of the eight towns in the lower and outer Cape and stay on top of all the changes. So every town meeting every year, um, thankfully, towns are adjusting their bylaws here and there to make it easier in some way or another. So it's a fast moving issue that um, even if somebody had called in when we first started our center back in the spring of 22, things have changed a lot. And so that's partly what I'm trying to do is reach out to town staff to make sure I have the right bylaws and regulations. So um, it, it all depends. It, there are people that do do that, um, and you just need to check in with the town. Um, and, and that's the aging in place piece is that, you know, 61% of ADUs are built for multi-generational housing. And, and I think COVID really... F- forced us in a good way to start to actually come back home out of necessity in a lot of ways, but also see the value of having that multi-generational kind of property where you can have somebody nearby, but not necessarily in your space. And so that's what a lot of people are investigating.
0: There was a huge article in, in, on CNN some weeks ago that talked about the fact that baby boomers really are not selling their houses, not because they don't want to. But because even if they sell their house for a fantastic amount of money, where are they going to go? Yeah. And and their taxes. And, and so what are some of the financial advantages of building an ADU?
1: Well, if you're renting it to somebody that's, I mean, you could be renting it to a family member and still be charging rent. So there is an income component to um people who are drawing actual rental from that unit um you know i think the value is is that if somebody if they're in a town where they can be somebody who's a snowbird and they go back and forth that they have somebody on the property all year round looking after it right um but i I think the rental income is a big piece for a lot especially people who are aging in place they're really looking to um have a, a sense of something to to augment social security and anything else they might might have at this point in terms of um, you know stability
0: Do you ever get um inquiries from people who have a rental unit that's somewhat under the table and they would kind of like to legal to make it legal Where is that an area that you've dealt with
1: All, all the time so the frustrating part about where we're at on the Cape is that we are changing things in a positive way. But in a lot of ways, we're really far behind compared to the West Coast, who's been looking at ADUs as a solution for a long time. And they have a lot of state initiatives, state funding, and some really creative thinking that they've done in probably the last decade that we've been slow to catch up on. it, And so, um, yeah. It, it, there's a level of, you know, needing to look towards the West to see um, how to to move forward on some of these things, you know, and I think, you know, we're making progress, but we need to also look outside of the Cape to see what are the things that we can learn from in terms of that, you know.
0: Do you get the impression that there is are people in the state legislature who, like, are excited about this, or I, th-
1: I think it's a hot. I think it's a hot issue at this point. There's a housing bond bill um, being um, worked through in the legislature right now with an ADU by right um, section, which is huge. It's it's kind of the the starting point that happened on the West Coast that really opened up. Um, the the spigot, so to say. I feel like we we're in this kind of place where we're having drips and drops of ADU development here. And when they did ADU by right on the West Coast, that was a huge opening um, for the increase in interest and the increase in projects and permits. So that's, a, that, that's a, a game changer if that goes through.
0: I know someone from another town who had a lot of land and they lived in the house by themselves. And then they decided to to go the ADU route because they didn't want to live alone on mm-hmm. the end of a dirt road. Right. As they aged out, they wanted some some company mm-hmm. and some people around. And that was a that was a, a, a big reason for them to do it. And I'm going to ask you all about what the obstacles are in a minute. But first, I want to tell people that if you're joining us, you're listening to The Lowdown with Ira Wood on WOMR. Today, we're getting some answers to questions about accessory dwelling units, one promising but complicated solution to our housing crisis. My guest is Talitha Abramson from the Lower Cape Housing and ADU Resource Center. So, Talitha, what are some of the biggest obstacles to building ADUs on Cape Cod, it's a fantastic idea. What stops people?
1: I think one thing that's out of our control as a region is the cost of materials. So COVID really, across the country, we've seen it impact housing and also the construction uh, trade. So the cost of materials has, has, you know, I think at least doubled in some sense. And, and things aren't coming down and people are talking as if it it might not really shift back to where it was ever again. Um, but we have what's called island rates by a lot of contractor talk. Um, so just to kind of come over the bridge to reach us are the the labor costs because we struggle to find people that can actually afford to live and work here. Um, coupled with the material cost and the transportation to get over the bridge and to come all the way up to the outer Cape, it can be even more expensive than the typical uh, increase that we've seen across the country. So the Cape, I feel like is a canary in the coal mine, and we're seeing almost a more extreme version of what the rest of the country is seeing in in relation to that. Another barrier is um, just looking at wastewater. So, you know, 85% 85% of the CAPE is on septic, is septic dependent. Across the country, only 25% of households are on septic. So when we look at ADU development at the West Coast, when they're the leaders and we're looking to them for these issues, they are not going to help us figure this out because they are really an urban landscape more so, and they are much more dependent on sewer. And so we are in this crosshairs of, of you know this kind of liminal state between going from septic to potentially upgrading septic to these innovative alternative septic systems and or towns are considering and already in the process of building sewers. That causes a lot of projects to either just be delayed. People are overwhelmed by that. And it's one of the very first steps is to figure out, you know, can you have additional bedrooms on your lot? Right. And the Title V regulations are what we are needing to abide by around that so there's a lot of education around title five um, you know and whether whether it's affordable for you based on just the septic costs alone if that makes sense
0: it does so talk for a moment about the laws in different towns i don't want you to you don't have to get specific but how how far apart are they how how um you know, what? what's what's the most liberal town and then what's the most restrictive town?
1: Well, I don't want to rate people. <laughs> no, you don't. Have, I didn't mean, you, no. you don't really have to so, be. So I think that in the areas, the most areas I think at this point that people are varying in the eight towns that I'm responsible for are looking at <clears throat> owner occupancy, um, parking requirements still being as part of that bylaw and some still having uh, lot size, but a lot of them are, are shifting that pretty quickly. Um, Harwich, for instance, at the last town meeting um, did away with lot size, increased the amount that you could have for an ADU and made it a lot just easier in the sense of just even reading the language. Some of the language is very complicated to read in, in some of the ADU bylaws. So I think that the town planners and the other town staff that are advising um, the select boards and, and the constituencies are seeing that they need to make this easier if more homeowners are gonna come forward it's, it's a, it's a big task to do a construction project. Um, And so that's where I, you know, hopefully come in and help people with language and understanding the process and who do you talk to in town hall. And, um, and again, I've been on the job for 10 months, so I'm still in my steep learning curve, but whatever I'm learning, I'm trying to put into documents and tools that are helpful and easy to read for people.
0: You know, it's interesting if you want to, let's say that if you're in a, person in a position like I am where you live in you live in a house that's big and you have a lot of land and you'd love to have an ADU and then all of a sudden you have to all of a sudden become a general contractor. Yeah. You have to you who have no experience where do you even begin? So that's my question to you, where would you even begin?
1: Well, that's how I landed in this position is I was a homeowner uh, in Harwich. Uh, and my partner and I reached out to the ADU Resource Center before I worked here, and we were inquiring about an ADU on our property. So we um, worked with Vicki, who was my predecessor, and she did some feasibility research for us. So when I then found out that there was an opening, I realized how valuable this role was. So I am now in that seat, and I have created... Um, A feasibility report that I have kind of curated for each town and their changing bylaws. And so I've called all of the documents from the websites uh, on the town and basically created a 10-page, give or take, um, report that you know, gives you specific information about your property, your your septic, your lot size uh, setbacks, um, and gives you feedback. If I have permission to talk to town staff, I'll give you the feedback from the town staff. And then I've outlined kind of what are the generic steps for a homeowner to take after looking at this report. So it's kind of the foundation to start from to see, is this, is this doable? If it is, where do I go next? Um,
0: is this a town-by-town town question or... Um, Because I imagine every town is different, but do you are you if you own an ADU, do you have to rent it out at market rate or affordable housing rate? Does how does that figure in? Because market rates are are very high, Um, and as I remember it, people who were very much in favor of creating relaxed ADU regulations. Where some people, some some of this came from the affordable housing people, but then there are other housing advocates who just say, "Well, we don't care who you rent it to. It's just important to rent it to to get people living
1: here." So, you're a resident of Wellfleet, and and Wellfleet had uh, a program that was kind of structured around affordability rates with the ADUs. Right now, towns are really focused on short-term rental prevention in, in the sense of making sure that these are available for year-round long-term rentals and not being scooped into this ever-growing short-term rental housing stock, right? So that's the biggest thing that towns are trying to do is prevent. Um, so if you build an ADU, it has you have to, in, in most towns, show in some way, it could be an affidavit, it could be a signed lease, that you have a renter that is for... Sometimes it's 90 days or more. Sometimes it's six months. um, Some it's nine and some it's 12. So that is where it's still varying. I mean, I think the the um the California piece of of being so far ahead of us they are very regionalized so they have a regional adu resource center for every jurisdiction and they have robust tools and they have very um it's not you know town by town by city by city they've they've regionalized it either by county um and so there's. There's a level of like streamlining that that can go through um, that I think is worth looking at here in terms of, you know, we have one county, Barnstable County. Could we look at regionalizing? And, and some conversation has been around that with Cape Cod Commission having a model bylaw. Um, but I think the more that we hear from the state and just there's interest at the at the local level, I'm hoping a regional conversation will take root at a. A faster pace.
0: What if you can you go to town hall and ask these questions? Um, who would you even begin with?
1: What what I recommend in the report and when, with talking with homeowners is I think you know one of the first people is to to make a connection with the health department. Um, talk to a health agent or the director of health about your property. That is going to tell you everything to do with your septic and what the next steps are. Um, and usually. My understanding is that if it's a secondary dwelling unit that you are uh, choosing to build, you are most likely going to need to, at the very least, expand your tank capacity. Um, And so that is a cost that most homeowners are looking at, whether or not you have to actually install a new innovative alternative septic system, or if you are in a place where you're having to hook up to sewer, that's another cost you have to look at. But a tank expansion is one of the... Most common things people have to find out if they need to do first in order to be able to build or renovate.
0: So the very, very first person that you might might want to talk to at town hall before you go to anybody is the health inspector. I,
1: I think that's a great first step. I, I, I say the health, planning, and then to building. If
0: you're just joining us, you're listening to The Lowdown with Ira Wood and WOMR. Today, we're getting some answers to questions about accessory dwelling units. My guest is Talitha Abramson from the Lower Cape Housing and ADU Resource Center. So, Talitha, it's – I mean, I don't want to guess how much it might be, cost, to create an ADU, but it's in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Where do people – begin when they're thinking about financing such a thing what are some of the financing options Options. yeah
1: so yeah i mean when i've asked around it's really hard when someone says how much does it cost right because it's it's based on how many square feet and what kind of finishes and you know just what you have to do in your property there's so many ifs around that right but what i've heard is anywhere from uh you know I think three to four fifty a square foot is, in, and that's looking at like a custom build. When you look at modular, you can sometimes shave some costs off, but not that much at this point. There's a lot of things that are just, just you know, exponentially more money after COVID. So in terms of financing, a lot of people, if they are bringing a parent onto their property, they may sell that parent's house, and that's a, a common thing. Is they will sell another property to then finance the ADU. Um, with house prices rising, one of the only pluses is that you have more equity and a lot of people will take a, a home equity line of credit or a home equity um Mortgage out on their house. Um, there are ADU-specific products that we are lucky to have on the Cape um, offered through Cape Cod 5 and the Coop, Siemens Bank, First Citizens. Those are all listed on our website. Um, so they
0: have special they, – they have actually special programs mm-hmm. for ADUs?
1: Yeah, and – you know, the one way we were ahead of the curve is that we were already in a lot of those products looking at using the rental, the proposed rental income coming in from that unit as part of the application process. I think Siemens does that. I think uh, a couple other of the banks on our website do that as well. Um, And it took the the federal level to catch up with actually some of the banks on the Cape and elsewhere in the country to to recognize that with ADUs. I mean it's a relatively new concept and yet it isn't. But
0: you know So and just to get it straight, if I understand this correctly, you might get a mortgage to build an ADU or a home equity loan. And then they will they will then attach a part of the rental income in order to, or they'll, 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 consider, they'll consider the rental income as understand. a way to yeah. pay for it. Well, that's is, that, that sounds to me very progressive.
1: It's part of the application, right? So, I mean, that's where, contact the banks for the specifics, sure. but you can look online um, and there's contact information on our, our website under lenders. Um, the website's lowercapehousing.org and you can look under the AD resources for that. There's also some great programs. The Home Modification Loan Program um, offered through CDAC offers a, up to $50,000 0% loan for modifying a home for a person with a disability. Uh, so if you are preparing for either an adult child or a child that has a disability or an uh, aging adult where you can modify and make it um, ADA compliant. And that's a really great loan that a lot of people use. Um, it's There's no payments or you don't have to pay it back um, until there's a transfer of the property um, or you sell the house. And so it's a, it's a, a loan that comes at the end. Um, it's not like you can start the project with it, but it comes at... Um, the end but it can help a lot of people through the you know process
0: just to get this straight if you build an adu that's not attached to the house when you sell the house you still have to sell the adu it's not a separate it's not it's not a separate (coughs) house
1: right now it's not in this in the northeast they're not looking at that in the west they've looked at condoizing and they've made it legal in california to (coughs) sell the adu separate in certain circumstances, and so it's called condoizing the ADU. I think there may be other regions besides California. Um, I'm not sure if it's Oregon as well. So that is a concept that's, for the states that are further ahead, they're looking at that.
0: They really are much further ahead. This, As yeah. I talked to you, I realized that they are, they've are. they really thought about this.
1: Yeah, it's, pre- it's great to learn from them. I've talked to a lot of people, and it's been a, a great learning journey.
0: So you give from time to time <clears> – <throat> um, lectures or programs, PowerPoints, at local libraries. You did one at the Wellfleet Library, I believe it was in December, and I spoke to somebody who went, and they were very excited about the fact that you talked about two companies from Maine that will actu- that that I believe sell prefabs, and they'll come and talk to you about everything you need. Mm-hmm. Talk about them, I don't know.
1: <clears throat> so Modular, Prefab, and Panel, Uh, construction is a new, a newer concept with ADUs. Um, It's not mobile homes. It's looking at, you know, um, it would look like a a cape house, essentially, depending on the design. But they are made in factories, which there is a plus to that in the sense that they're not uh, subject to weather conditions. And there's a kind of a machinery, robotic level of consistency. And so they also can shave some of the costs off, but more importantly, they shave off the time of having an entire construction site on your property for a a whole year. It could be three months you're looking at with a modular build. A property has to be assessed to see if it's okay because there needs to be a crane. It needs to access to be able to plop this house down on the foundation. But there are a fair amount on the Cape that have come about in Falmouth, Mashpee, Ketuit, one in Harwich. There's one in North Truro that's going to be built. So, um, yeah, there's a fair amount of companies in Maine, um, backyard ADUs, Bright Built. Um, There's one out of New Hampshire called Unity that has built three in Brewster. I'm hoping to do an ADU house tour in the spring or fall so I can showcase a lot of these different options of custom versus modular and the different companies that are on Cape. Um, and there's a, a company in Hyannis that does panel buildings that I think um, Cape, uh, I'm going to blank on the, there's a local construction company that worked with them and it was this old house um, House of the Year that was selected that had an ADU component and it was built with panels. So the panels are constructed and then they assemble those on site. So it's a little quicker than building everything from scratch.
0: So these are companies that actually understand the ADU issue. Oh, and they're. Yeah. Gear the, and they gear their product. Toward yeah. AD, toward ADUs.
1: Yeah, and they've been some of the companies like Backyard have been very um, instrumental in Maine and in, in in helping to pass some of the legislation just in terms of on a policy level. So they're very knowledgeable. They're a great place to just you know ask them questions and learn from the different people um, in those companies.
0: I would love to build an ADU on my property because. The more ADU, the less gardening that I have to do. There's much, much, much less gra- grass to cut and trees to prune. I'll add
1: I- that to my mix a- add of add that a lot,
0: a lot less work. Um, so we have about three minutes to go. Sure. If a person is listening and they want to talk somebody about their everybody's problem is completely unique yeah everybody's got different house different land size and everything what do they do who do they call they can call you you're very friendly i think probably (laughs) they could probably even get brownies out of you or something like that i've
1: been told yes
0: okay so tell us what to do if we're considering an adu
1: so feel free to reach out to me as a first step um you can reach out at our website lower capehousing.org slash adus adus and there is an inquiry form on there you can fill out and it comes to my email you can email me directly at talitha t-a-l-i-t-h-a at capecdp.org or you can give me a call uh, 508-290-0119 and they can also if they have a a an affiliation with the town already. Contact your health agent, contact your planning department staff person, um, and you can ask them questions. The more you can connect with them, the more successful your project is.
0: And I just want to thank you, Talitha, for turning me on to the urine diversion uh, center there in in Falmouth. And I did a funny little piece, and and Talitha heard it and connected me to these people who actually are doing you in diversion and very, very progressive work with alternative septic, which, which I
1: hope we can talk about in relation to housing at we, another time.
0: Yeah. So, but, but in other words, it's there's nothing right now. It's regular septic that you have to think about with your ADUs.
1: Right now, there's not a carved regulatory pathway, but Falmouth is hopefully going to help us uh, lead the way and trying to pilot this third emerging technology that I think could be more uh, affordable in the short term for some homeowners. It's not for everybody, but I'm excited to talk about that at another time.
0: Okay. This is great. I mean, you, I certainly learned a lot and I want to thank you very much. Uh, today, we've been talking to Talitha Abramson from the Lower Cape Housing and ADU Resource Center. I want to thank Maddie Dunn for his tech work on the show. You can learn Everything you need to know at lowercapehousing.org. That'll start you on your journey. This is Ira Wood with the lowdown on getting roofs over everyone's heads out here, one interview at a time. Bye for now.